time for my L.A. sisters. One time, got the spot open up one time. I found patience is a virtue. One and out, got When push came to shove. One what? One love. One love. One love. One love. One love. One love. Knock, knock. It's day one, Lifestyle and Friends, the podcast, baby. We back for episode 76. That's who it is, man. Here with my main man, Fabs, 304, the man, the myth, the legend. Need a muffin man, 32. That's where you can follow us, man. Instagram, Twitter. And most importantly, follow the page, man. Day one, Lifestyle, Instagram and Twitter. I was about to say, Muff, we're starting to post a little bit more on Instagram. You know what I mean? Try to sprinkle it in a little bit. You know, we're, we're getting it in, man. It's that time of the season. It's our it's our favorite time of the season. Facts. You know, the, the, the sunlight is coming out more, so it's just all around good. Heating up. Yep. Everything. Everything is everything. And I love we it, just Muff. still. I love it, man. I love this. I love the sun being able to come down now. It makes you just feel a lot better. It does. I, that's all I'm going to say. And, and honestly, the music's coming out now. More music's coming out basketball we know what's right around the corner we're gonna Hoops. talk a lot more on next episode we got a, we got a good guest on next episode too we're just rolling them out man and muff you know you can always go in the archive too we had on coach james long coach larry harrison espn mm-hmm. analyst king mccore philip bowen um mm-hmm. uh, Deshaun truck i mean that's i think that's been the last few episodes that we've had on so i mean definitely yep. check that out and uh if you're a basketball fan of course check that out but you can always go in the archive be sure to subscribe all that jazz muff Today, man, we got Cousin Kyle joining us. Kyle. We'll, we'll let him talk about himself, man. I ain't got to go into depth on Cousin Kyle. But before we go into Cousin Kyle, man, we, we got to we got to cover some something. What we cover? Some basketball, <laughs> some hoops, some food, some, <laughs> some WV? A little something, something, Muff. A little something, something. Uh, I do want to say the, the NBA All-Star game was the other day. We're, we're halfway through with that. The, the skills competition, man. Luca, CP3, the guards, the big guys showed mm-hmm. out, man. They showed out the three-point competition. Steph, man, you know, I think we had that conversation before. A lot of people have the conversation of, are these guys ruining the game? Are the young kids trying to mimic them? But here's the thing. Not everyone can shoot like Steph Curry or Dame Those guys are incredible, man. Like, it's unreal. It's truly unreal how, how, how good those guys can shoot. I mean, they're just pulling up from half court with ease and just knocking them down. You know, now that makes me miss. I don't know if anybody remembers this show. You probably will, but it makes me miss sports science, where they'd go in and like break down like someone like how hard someone would hit football, like the angle of someone's shot and like the probability to make it. And I was watching something. I think it was like a training video, and uh, it was like a new concept and stuff. He had actually went out there, and they were saying like the ideal shooting angle. I think it was like forty-five degrees. And then the way this thing was, it's like set up to where it'll let you know, like if you're you're higher or below, and give you an average. Steph went in, there was no average. He was he had one arch on his shot, which is just crazy. But it's the amount of practice mixed with the talent, like that's it's, it's incredible. Muff, I think when we talk about analytics a lot, see, I, I like that show too. But I'm also, you know, I'm I'm a bigger eye guy. So like for me, it's just like, look, can you make it or not? I know people that have funky shots. Like if they can make them, they can make them. I think I think analytics do matter, obviously, but I'm just saying like, yeah, we've just seen these guys make shots from half court, and it's like, hey, that's maybe not the biggest, highest, or the best high percentage shot, but at the same time, it's listen, consistent. It's I'm not gonna consistent. I'm not gonna blink twice about seeing Dame Miller pull up from there. 
and, and question it because I saw what that guy can do. But no, it was cool, man. You know, yeah. the all-star game always is what it is. Everyone's not, everyone wasn't really trying to be there anyway. So I'm looking excited. I'm really excited to see what happens with the trade deadline and see what pieces get moved. We saw Blake Griffin get moved. So that was kind of crazy. Old Blake. Mm-hmm. They just need to get my boy uh, JJ and, and Jamal Craw for now and make Lob City a thing there, huh? Just just trade KD and all that, you know? Man, they loading up over there, I can tell you that. Lakers and six. <laughs> Lakers and six. <laughs> well, Muff, college basketball, we're creeping up. We're creeping up heavy. We're going to be dropping a lot more in the next couple of days. It's, it's going to be more of your daily podcast, I think, for the next couple of weeks or so. But, you know, Mountaineers finished top 10 in the regular season. Let's go. And a disappointing loss. A disappointing loss. And no one's going to say differently. Bob Huggins, old Huggy Bear, going for his 900 win at home. Number one probably projected player in the draft is out for Oklahoma State. And we somehow lose. And it just it just all around was a bad loss. I don't think anyone's going to say anything differently. Yeah, I mean, it puts a little hair on your chest for sure. I mean, it builds up. Number one, like that that hunger. I think going into the tournament, having wins is, is really, really good. But knowing that you can get knocked off for not executing, you know, the, the small things, free throws, turnovers, you know, and all those types of things, I feel like it's good sometimes to get knocked off before you really go on that run because now you got to fine-tune things. When you're winning, it's hard to fine-tune because it's like, oh, everything is all good. But when you're losing, it's easy to see those things you need to pick up on. So I think we're going to get some momentum going into this Big 12 tournament. And hopefully we can keep that rolling into to March Madness. I heard Coach Hugs on Pat McAfee's show. It was pretty funny. And he said that he gave the guys two days off. They're going to watch some film and then get at it on Thursday. Depending on when you listen to this, they're going to get at it on Thursday. And like you said, Mom, I mean, no one wants to lose. Like, no one wants to lose. But at the same time, Never. I just think that the guys are going to be motivated. I could be completely wrong, but I think they're going to be motivated. And I think they're going to come out differently in the Big 12 tournament and, and the March Madness. Like, I really do feel that way. And may the, may the chips fall where they fall. That's why you play the game, you know? Exactly. And I just think we, we just can't base everything. I know it's the last game, but I don't think we can base everything off that game. we got to look at the body of work we put in all year. There's been a lot of ups and downs, but who? There, there's been ups and downs for every team not named Gonzaga particularly. Exactly. Like I said, we're going to be talking a lot more college hoops, but let's bring on Cousin Kyle. We're going to be talking some NBA top shot and all that jazz. And and honestly, whatever we get into with Cousin Kyle. Top. If you top, don't write checks, top, how do you top, pay shot. these guys? Great cash, homie. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into our first guest, Muff. Cal. You know we got to bring on Cousin Kyle. Cal. Cousin Kyle's joining us. Long, long. Actually, actually, my for real cousin, but he is named Cousin Kyle to, other, to a lot of other people also. Yeah, Cousin Kyle, the OG. A vital, a vital part of Day One Lifestyle. We go way back. Maybe maybe we'll get into that story later. But, but You got to take him down that story, man. Take it down there. We might have to, but he this wasn't it. This wasn't. We, we made Kyle come on. Kyle has been very up to date with everything that's been going on with NFT and NBA Top Shot. I've been sprinkling a little bit into Top Shot. But there's a, there's a whole other world out there besides the NBA moments. And, and we're going to try to touch on that for fun on here because, you know, we like to talk hoops. So that's why Cousin Kyle had to come on. First of all, man, introduce yourself, Kyle. Kyle. Boy, you, man, you just introduced me, man. Cousin <laughs> Kyle came out of West Virginia, WVU. Should have been class of uh, 2016, class of 2019. I mean, hey, that's just the way life life goes, man. Hey, anybody, how you start is about how you finish. <laughs> uh, KG, that was my... Uh, 
That was that was my Muff intro. I always tell Muff to take when we get guests on. I'm like Muff, just handle the beginning because you know me, I ramble. Muff just gets short, right to it, saying, "Hey, introduce our guest." But like I said, we want to talk. We want to talk Top Shot with you. Um, I know you haven't got your hands on it yet, but but you kind of fully understand. Literally can't get your hands on it because why? He'll tell us. <laughs> you can't though, Muff, and, and I've told you to do it. But I gotta give it. I gotta give a shout out to the Scuba Steve man because Steve has been on it for a long time. He's been telling me to get on it, and and I thought the concept was weird. So first of all, let's talk NBA. Should we talk NBA Top Shot? Or should we talk NFT first, Kyle? What makes more sense? We saw with NBA Top Shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't can't get a card to save my life so might as well talk a little bit of it um yeah man bro first of all this whole nft topic uh everything i know mark cuban everything you see on twitter jvp everything everywhere you know what i mean i I know what everyone else knows but i think i can boil it down to a very simple kind of one-liner here i think a uh, nft is just a simple collector's item and i think that depending on what type of collector's items you have in certain circles it's worth a lot of money or it's worth nothing you know so, for example, um, I have a signed basketball uh, from back, way back, going to the Ohio Valley Mall. And it's like, is that basketball Ooh. worth anything nowadays, man? It's by something, something, Novacek. What? Someone, uh, someone in Novacek signed it. I don't know, man. But um, is that worth something nowadays? Probably not. Probably not worth shit. But there's probably a lot of collectors that is out there that are signed basketballs made by Jordan and after one of the rings that are out there and they're worth, you know, thousands or... Uh, hundred thousands or millions of dollars i don't know you know so the idea is whenever you get on these uh top shot playing card sites right or these nft sites nfts are just simply um collectibles so you might get on there and you just might think of you know uh one of your favorite bands and they maybe released an original sticker and that sticker might be worth you know a few hundred bucks among that internal group that loves that band um but to the majority of the world it might be nothing you know so if you go on OpenSea.io, which is kind of where I go in the NFT world, um, and you get on there, you're going to see, you know, hundreds or thousands of items up there. Bleacher Report just put up, you know, uh, I think several several dozen um, NFTs from Jack Harlow, uh, Lil Baby, and different groups like that, right? And uh, I saw Bleacher Report already has done over 500 um 500 ethereum tokens in in deals which is almost close to i think a million dollars it's like 500 at least 500,000 750,000 dollars because bleacher report is like a first mover on trying to create these these tokens these nfts these collectibles so first of all i'm gonna need you to check because i know exactly what you got you're talking about in the high valley mall you gotta check for me when you get a chance if it's john havlicek or steve novak i'm thinking it's gotta be one of those two if it's havlicek it might be actually it's john havlicek Bro, that's that's actually worth some money. I, I, I guarantee that. Guarantee that it is. It's in. Yeah, my dad's got the ball right now, man. I have to have double check. Shout out, shout out to Young Don. But but let me ask you this though, because the first one I heard about then was NBA Top Shot. That's how I first heard about the NFT. Same. Now with with Top Shot, I mean we're basically talking about digital moments, and I know this seems hard to wrap your head around sometimes, because that's when. When Steve first told me about it, he's like, I know this sounds dumb, but it's like a baseball card. Like you said, shout out Steve, man. If you, when said, you told me, I talked to you on the phone, man. And when he, you told me that he was telling you about it, I was like, of course he was. Like he's on mm-hmm. top of the shit. So, so I guess what I'm saying is he, he told me that, you know, it does sound dumb, but it's, it's just imagine not having it. It's in the digital world. And at first I'm like, that does seem kind of dumb. But then when I looked at it, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not going to personally spend a hundred thousand on a Zion Williamson defining moment that twirls around on the internet but i think it's an interesting concept at the end of the day 
Yeah, it's like, and just from my perspective, because I'm not super familiar with the NFTs, but how I kind of make it make sense for myself is like, and I think, you know, Kyle was talking about a little bit, think about like, you know, like the Cabbage Patch Kids or like you were saying, like the physical, like baseball cards, right? Let's say there was a Cabbage Patch movie and they released that movie one time and they never recycle it back out, but they've released like 10 digital Cabbage Patch Kids as like an exclusive, like that's how you can kind of, from like a dumb dumbing it down type of things again i don't understand it as much but that's how i kind of make it make sense is like instead of you having the physical thing you literally get a digital thing and they can make it even less they can make it even more but it's the value is based off of and correct me if i'm wrong but it's based off of how many people are searching for it how many people are looking for it spot on man spot on so the idea is like it's how many people are interested in it you know i mean so here's an interesting concept you guys i think should put out one of your first mm-hmm. nft i think you should do an nft on this episode tonight <laughs> and you should make it seriously you should do an nft on this episode the cousin kyle episode man and your or segment and do it or just do it in general for your podcast the nft and drop it put it on open sea it probably won't go for that much but who cares man it didn't cost you anything and the idea is if you guys did get big over time say episode 1500 you guys just start trucking and getting real big that nft uh, could end up becoming worth a lot of money. And because you minted it, because you made it, you would get a piece of the cut when it sells. That's true. See, and this this is where me and Cousin Kyle th- don't have a disagreement on, but I was talking to him about this before, Muff Offer, and it's just like, okay, I can understand the top shot. I got to pack myself. I, I kind of keep in touch with it because it, it just kind of goes with everything I like. I like basketball. I like everything that goes around with basketball. So, of course, I'm going to check that out. But with this other stuff and, and the other NFT world, it does seem a little a little even crazier to me because I'm not a hoarder, but of course I like to have a digital piece. Like I like to have a nice physical piece, I should say, of like art laying up on the wall, right? As you see, you can see behind me, there's, there's some, some art pieces behind me. And Kyle's like, just wait 10 years until you put on some Apple glasses and you're just like, here, let me show you around my house and here's the virtual art. Hey, true. That I cannot wrap my head around, man. Yeah, man, it's this is where I mean, you just disagree. I just, you know, what it is, is I just watched uh, Ready Player One. Uh, shout out to whoever fucking loves those movies. Sorry mm-hmm. for dropping that word on, on, on the pod here. I hope that's all right. Drop another. Uh, <laughs> I hope uh, Ready Player One, man, if you want to get caught up to like what the future is kind of going to look like, I just think you should rewatch Ready Player One. It's like everything's going towards this digital world where everything that you love and enjoy in the physical world is going to be eventually turned digital. And I understand that's maybe super futuristic but for a more realistic example is there are literally virtual rooms that you can go into right now online and put all of your nfts like i could literally you could literally i forget what the site's called it's like rarerooms.io or something like that and you can go on there make a make a room and i could invite you to my room and you could see in my room 3d room all of my nfts that i own and like the value of the room and and the uniqueness all these different characteristics like a digital art gallery literally but it's your room. You yeah. decorate your room the way you want it and all this stuff. So it is like an art gallery. But think this is think about how quickly NFTs blew up. Like most of the world still doesn't even know what it really means or what it is, right? And um, out of nowhere, everyone in the world surfaces to start talking about it. And um, we're pretty much at at stage one of a hundred right now. Like we aren't even it hasn't even been two weeks, I feel like. Yeah. How, how I look at it, too, because, like, I, I feel like I'm more on your side as far as, like, the technology goes, Kyle, because it's, like, even if you look at the past five years, there's been a lot more, like, virtual reality stuff, virtual reality amusement parks, like, 
even going back, you know, 10, 15 years, the Wii was a pretty big breakthrough as far as like gaming goes. So if you look at how it's going now, like you literally can throw on the Oculus Rifts, the, the, the headsets and literally be inside a whole different reality. And like, you know, I think Universal Studios, they're opening up 3D amusement parks. Like everything is digital. You know, you like a hundred years ago, you couldn't fathom someone saying, just put it on my card. Well, I don't have cash. Like, what do you mean put it on my card? And it's like, it's just going to keep going, you know, and you got to adapt at some point. hundred uh, percent. What's fascinating though, G, is what you said. You're like, why don't you guys make an NFT on this pot? And I think your mind immediately went to, man, who's going to pay even a dollar for this NFT on, on day one lifestyle? Well, hold up, hold up. You're, you're, you're on it. So, so you know what I mean? <laughs> you might get a couple dollars on it, huh? <laughs> but my point is, is that, um, you know, best case scenario, act like you guys blow up in the next like Joe Rogan's of the virtual podcasting world. Cause I'm assuming, you know, we're 10 years ahead and you guys could jump into VR before anyone else. And now that's how you guys made your mark and you blew up. Um, best case scenario, you know, that NFT front that someone found deep in the internet of, of the original day one life, the first day one lifestyle NFT ever. It's like the first tweet almost right now. Yeah, the we're, first t-shirt ever made anything like anything. But yeah. the idea is if you're, if you're famous and your name's tied to it, or if you're not famous and you become famous, your name's tied to it. Now it's worth at least a little something. Now, worst case scenario, you make a bunch of these NFTs and they don't become anything. And you know, that's just the way it is. And it's not a big deal. Think of all the top trading cards in the world that are going for a penny and a stick of gum fucking in Ohio Valley Mall. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, that's how it goes, man. Like, that's just how it's like, it's a demand game. And think about NBA Top Shot to tie it into what you are talking about, G, or where you like going with this is NBA Top Shot, why is it popular? Well, first of all, it's kind of the first virtual trading card that partnered with a major, major entity that I know of, right? The NBA, which means the NBA isn't going to partner with multiple groups, right? They're going to partner with just one. So that kind of made that the tops of this generation. It's like the immediate, like, oh, this is the declared winner. Right. If the NBA hadn't had come in and said, hey, we're going to partner with someone, there might have been 20 different companies racing to build the best NBA marketplace. And then I wouldn't have bought on it. You probably wouldn't have bought on it because we're like, what are these dumb things? Like NBA I, isn't pumping it up. I think you're hundred percent of why I even thought like, Oh, this is legit. Like you scroll down the bottom and you see the copyright of the NBA and you're like, okay, they're, they're back in this. This is very true. Cause like, I'm even thinking about like in a baseball sense, right? Like I'm, I'm sure you all remember like the fighting necklaces that would claim you get extra strength and you got better balance and all that. Like I remember those being out before the MLB started endorsing them. And then as soon as the MLB endorsed it, they went from like, <laughs> like not that much to like a hundred bucks for some of them and you can bet your bottom dollar like i had some like Believe some other me. friends had some like you know i saw the photos of you muff i saw the early <laughs> instagram photos but then look and go to basketball the remember the baller bands remember, remember the baller bands? don't switch the subject on me you had about three dangling from your neck i did on your i wrist. had my chains on Bro, you, ain't you, know hitting, you ain't hitting any better you ain't feeling the ball <laughs> <any better. laughs> i was right, shooting Mo. better you though you play uh, ball, Muff. I, I was shooting, that. though, when I had the baller bands for basketball. Ass Garrett, you know. Muff, Muff's supposed to get Maisie on soon, man. He's supposed to get some baseball guests on for us. He, he said, let's wait for the summer to get around. Let's wait for it to get a little bit warmer, and then we'll start. We're going to get a lineup going. Baseball yeah, get the lineup going, hit a grand slam. Like I said, Kyle, I think, I, I hate saying this, but I just really think it's interesting. I think it's only going to get even more interesting because of the things. Like the, like you said, you brought up the, the tweet, and Jack Dorsey, the, the creator of Twitter, the tweet literally just said setting up my Twitter, just made my Twitter and Twitter is spelled like T W I T R or something. It wasn't even spelled right. 
but I believe it, it, it's getting auctioned right now for like $2 million. And when you think about that, someone's going to say, that's the dumbest thing ever. And someone else is going to say, that's all it sold for. You know, like it's, it's just, it's, I think it's like art. It's like, what is the viewer's eye, right? Like, what, how do we perceive how, how, is this art or is it a great art piece or is it just a circle on a, on a canvas, you know? And people are going to look at it differently, right? Some people are going to look at it as collector's items. Like, I just want it for myself, right? Like a bean, uh, like a beanie baby or something. I just want it, right? And they, it somehow becomes valuable down the road. And then other people are going to look at it as a true investment. If they can 10x their money and be methodical about how they're investing their money, and they're doing it, they're almost using it like the stock market. Like I'm gonna jump on this NFT before these people blow up. You know, I was just talking to my um, one of my buddies today and was telling him about UG, about liking Wale and J. Cole and a few other people back in high school, way before they were actually kind of being talked about mainstream. Even before I think some of the early, early fan bases actually started to garner. And think about what that means nowadays. Imagine like the the this version of you um, in high school who could maybe get an NFT of this old, old, old Wale album, one of the first ones. And they said something on, uh, on another podcast that I was listening to. And I was like, holy, this is it. This is, makes so much sense. They called it like a certified OG stamp. Think of it that way. Like you, you listened and bought the first Wale album when it actually came out. It's like, how do you differentiate the people who are like really early and into it versus all the people who jump on, you know, when it becomes really big and popping? There is a certain value associated with 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 UG having like the one, you know, the 245th Wale album sale for all, of album way back, and that could be a certified minted NFT that you get and they get to put up in your room and your in your digital they call they call them metaverses or your digital room. And, um, and that means something. People now look at you and either have respect or, I mean, it could be worth a lot of money down the road and you could not sell or sell or whatever. Um, imagine having in Morgantown, you guys all, you guys all left my ass and I didn't want to go, the Kendrick Lamar concert in the, was it the Capitol uh, Music Theater or whatever it was? Yeah. And, and that was pre-blow up, right? Imagine that ticket that you had bought been an NFT, which is going to happen. You're going to be able to convert tickets to NFTs and be like, look, I was at this concert. I was at the Travis Scott concert, the uh, the music festival where there was nobody there. I saw it in his documentary, right? I saw several Travis Scott, you know, things of him performing in uh, summer festivals, and, and nobody was there at all. Imagine being the guy who has the NFT because he was a fan at that, you know, that. I feel like that could be worth something now. Now maybe it, you know, maybe it does. It turns out it doesn't, but I feel like it should be. Yeah, well, that you know, it's crazy. I still have that ticket. Side note, but. I guess that's my next question though. Say, say that there's a, um, an album, right? That, that someone, someone new puts out some, whatever artist. And I get the album, like you said, as an NFT, is everyone going by auction or they're just setting the price maybe. And then like, Hey, they get serial number one. And that person's buying, is it similar to top shot like that? Or how's that working so far? We're going to see a lot of different models start to appear, right? What some groups are doing right now is that they're putting out, um, an album and calling it a one-of-one one NFT. There's only one NFT. Only one person has the digital sign, like minted first album, one of one. Um, so not one through hundred, not one through thousand, just one. And what happens is when you put that out there, right? One, it could demand an immediate high price, right? If you put out the one-of-one one on a Bruno Mars, whatever album, it could immediately come out the gate being worth $5,000, right? Um, now say it comes out the gate being worth 5,000, the more that it's making sales in the real world, 
like the more people on Spotify and Apple Music and stuff playing it and it's breaking record after record after record, that NFT is likely going to end up becoming worth more money. And then that is a, a good thing for Bruno Mars or whoever owns this album because they're the ones who put it out and they're going to get some sort of cut from all the trades that happen in the future from it. Do y'all remember that 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 um doctor, I think it was, or he was some pharmaceutical guy or whatever? In 2014, he bought that Wu-Tang album and it was like $2 million. And that was like the craziest thing. That I just remember that. Like I totally forgot, forgot about, about that. that. But, but now this, this is, is kinda... that. This is okay. that in NFT form. And it's better because someone can own the one of one and everyone gets to enjoy the music. So it's like slightly, slightly different, right? The mm. Wu-Tang one, correct me if I'm wrong, like no one heard the album, right? Unless it was leaked, but no one was meant to hear the music on it. Yeah, no, I think it did. I think some stuff maybe might have leaked after, but right at the beginning, it's like, hey, he had the CD. He got a CD copy for $2 million. Damn, that, that is kind of crazy because think about this, right? Let's say, you know, you bought that one of one album. What if you start charging people to listen per listen, like 10 cent a listen or something like that? And then after you recoup all the money that you already invested, now you saw that joint for like 10 mil. <laughs> That's you know? possible. You, I mean, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. But now, and, I, and the way I see this too is like, it's almost like retro shoes. Like you think about Jordan flu games, like they came out, they were like 160. Now you might find them for three, 400 bucks. You know, LeBron nine South beaches, they're going retail at 200 back in that day. I, you know what I mean? They were cracking people over the head for them. Like thousand dollars, like 500 bucks. Muff, they've been, I've been seeing that comparison with top shot and like basically buy, sell trade with streetwear. And I think that's, I think that's interesting. Cause I think you saw that with buy with, with Supreme and everything over the years. Like from the time we were in college, you could get some Supreme, but it wasn't that much. And now like it, it, everyone, Hell no. but, but I think, but I think that might be my dislike. I think that's going to be grumpy G here, but I think that's where my dislike a little bit comes in is because people just, I don't know. You know what? I can't because everyone will do anything for a dollar and I can't be mad at that actually. But on the, on devil's advocate of that is, is that, with streetwear and all that people don't even get the stuff to wear half people don't even get it all these young kids they don't they don't buy it to, to wear it they buy it to try to resell it for more money and that's what happens also i think with all this stuff but like you guys said it's like the stocks that just happen and everything else everyone's trying to make a dollar people i mean you can't be mad at that people, it's I mean, investment right if i can buy it for one and sell it for 10 like you win there's 10x right that's, that's the goal Amazon Uber and, yeah that's what apple does that's, you know we got airpods in your ear we both all of us on max we got iphones i mean shoot what was you know what I mean? The difference is it's just a small person doing it, and you know the person is doing it versus, you know, a large company or, or corporation. Like that's why I feel like a lot of resellers like they get kind of scrutinized, and sometimes I mean they I feel like it it can mess up you know like that that certain culture. And I feel like it could bleed into like the NFTs as well, but it's like at the end of the day everything is is a business. You know, like if you're not the, the only you, catch to, you know, catch that Muff, is I, I'm sure that this might not belong here in the segment but the only catch to that is like the argument would be that people who are doing this investing on nfts or stocks or whatever that they aren't doing any value creation it's the yeah. trading and swapping and borrowing and money and stuff in that in apple's case the idea is they are doing a ton of value creation right without mm -hmm. apple there no one else is supplying is, is is supplying that exact type of product you know what i mean it's like yeah it's not apple's i mean no pun intended. it's not apples to apples this mm -hmm. is the example yeah, no, nah, I feel that, and like I'm, I'm thinking of it too. Like, think about like the like the calls bears, Bricks, and like yeah. some of those types of things. Like, I mean, even even yeah, even and going back to your point, G. Like, yeah, people people buy things and don't you know like they're buying them not to wear them, but like, how many sneakerheads are in the world who have ten thousand pairs of shoes, like, and have like three pairs of McFlys and and like the mags, and like they're not gonna wear them, but it's like it's a collector's item, you know? Like, it, it appreciates, and over time, you might be like, you know what? 
I might sell it. I wonder if shoes will ever get the NFT. That's what I'm thinking. I feel I like it could, but I feel, like, I feel like you have to get the physical pair, though, too. Do you, though, in this world? In a couple years, will you? I mean, I guess you will, but... I mean, unless people stop walking on their feet. <laughs> Think about this NFT thing, man. So people are putting physical things as NFT. Land is is, is being done on the oh, blockchain now. Snap. Okay, that's okay. All, that's, yeah, I you, you, just, you just brought me an idea, right? Think about this. If you're making NFTs for, for shoes... I'm gonna go back to the flu game reference. What if they take the flu game off of all, every single network, YouTube, everything, and they sell like a hundred pairs of the flu games and they get you a digital like video to watch that whole game and you get a jersey. Like, I feel like that could be something where you mix the digital with the physical. Cause I like, I just feel like something like that you're literally going to wear. I feel like it's hard to do straight digital. Like me, this me thinking, I might be not thinking outside the box here, but I feel like if they did like something like shoes, where let's say for example, LeBron St. Vincent St. Mary, like their state championship game, it's hard to find that like <laughs> like anywhere. So if someone can send them like that physical video with his high school jersey or something like that, I think that would be crazy. Well, Muff, I think I think that's the next question I want to ask you guys. Then, do you think that with musicians, with painters, artists, athletes, whoever, whatever room we're talking about? Are people going to do this all on new stuff or could they do that where it's going to be older stuff? Like they might dig back in the catalogs and say like, hey, I'm going to put this up as an NFT, even though that released years ago. I'll put a hundred bucks up right now that Joe Budden releases a previous album NFT version. I'll put it up right now. And I haven't, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen him do it yet, but mm -hmm. I heard the last pod and he, he just sounded like his mind was churning. And I'm like, oh, I bet you this man just dips back into the cabinet and puts it up yeah i can i can definitely see that happening because like it's just it's really just being able to take what you already have repurpose it it's why like you know the beatles and, and all of them they still tour they they don't perform any new songs they pref probably perform all their classics but it's like if they can re go ahead Muff, do you have do you have any cards on on nba top of top i have any i have anything g you, you have one pack i have i have one pack i do know someone um first of all like i said i know I, i'll put them up on the screen here if, if you're watching any uh clips that we put out scuba steve he has a couple he sold a couple for a couple hundred i know someone that has value i believe maybe like 30 cards the value is about 18 grand which is unbelievable they both they both been on it i want to say since like november-ish maybe or early december maybe does that sound about right possibly probably the growing aspect of this i just think is so intriguing and like I said, I thought I thought you've been really following it, even not just Top Shot, just all of this digital NFT stuff as a whole. And like I said, I just think Top Shot's the main the main one right now. But as we saw, like you said, with the music, and I know we're we're so circling around a lot here, but like Kings of Leon, for example, what was that end price like fifty five thousand? But it was almost like your VIP 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 package that you would have saw like as a as a concert there. It was like you get the first four, four rows, you get eight out an eight hour van that so they'll come pick you up in a van eight hours within whatever concert you pick around the world and you get it for i believe every tour that they now how how many tours are they gonna do i don't know but i mean is it worth that i don't know but if you're the biggest fan ever i mean it sounds like a interesting way to package that together and what's funny is i bet you some people pay pay more than that for a ticket sometimes anyway i know it sounds ridiculous but i mean if you really think about the big concerts right some people are paying those prices to get their kid in the front row for their birthday or something you know you have a well-off family they're putting that up Definitely do it for sports games. They definitely do it for concerts. And I feel like and I feel like NFT is just going to open up a whole other lane because it's like there's probably going to be like people that don't know how to create NFTs that people 
that are creative can come in and be like, yo, I have my whole business to help you create NFTs. And you got people that are managing like the security side of it. Like it's just going to open up a, a larger lane for a lot of things digital. And especially, and, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, isn't like the, the payments hosted on blockchain with like Ethereum and stuff. So, I mean, that's, it's going to make more people realize like, okay, this is a real, real thing. Even though they've heard about it for the past six, seven years, it's like, okay, it's actually real. Like I've just bought this thing. When are you guys going to put up your first NFT? This is the one, cousin Cow episode, man. You, you know what we have? We we actually have some other stuff we're going to discuss. So you might as well stick around with us here and and discuss a couple of these music songs because Muff's been bluffing on the music section for a long time. A couple of music songs. A couple of music songs. Couple so I have a hot take on on. I have a hot. I'll stick around and I'll will stay shut. But I'll uh, I'll give you a quick hot take on that new Bruno Mars Anderson Pack song that dropped, bro. I'm buying Hold myself it. a fuck. Hold it. Hold it. Just wait. Just wait it out. Uh. No, is there, is there any is there anything that you want to close with on on the top shot or NFT that that if someone had first heard this for the first time, what is there anything that you want to tell them? I'd say just get as educated as you can around it. Listen to podcasts. You know, do some googling on your own and understand what it is. Understand there is risk associated with this stuff. People might chant and yell investment, 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 but at the end of the day, it's it's you know there's a lot of there's there's risk there's risk associated with anything that's in a marketplace like this so just you know take your time learn about it and put your money where you think you should you know what my financial advisor muff tells me <laughs> get aggressive get aggressive to the moon to the moon stonks hodl hold on for dear life diamond hands <laughs> buy the freaking dip if it's red buy, buy the- when it's blood in the streets buy more <laughs> nah man but we, btfd we hope we didn't bore you too much with that song. Like I said, I, I do think it's interesting. I just think that was is some informational on here, more more informational than 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 usual from the day one boys over here on the on the podcast. But man, I, I've been telling Muff for a while, man. We've been really waiting for some releases with music. I haven't. I, Kyle, you hit me up sometimes and say, "Hey, is there anything a new album or anything?" And and I feel like me and Muff don't really even talk music that much on here anymore. But it's because I don't really think there's that much. Maybe I'm not looking for it. The music coming out isn't hasn't been as quality. But na- we don't talk about it because I don't be listening. That's enough. true. But I think I think the the weather and the mood this year has been weird. But I think in general, when the weather starts to get better, I think that's when the musicians. And now that COVID, all you know, it's kind of slowing down. That I think musicians that have been holding on to some stuff, I think they're finally like, all right, it's time, it's time to rock and roll. Um, and as you saw, the first song that that me and Muff really want to talk about, which you mentioned, and I think I think we might all be on the same thing here, is Bruno Mars and Anderson's collab album. Um, what is the name? I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, Evening with Silk Sonic, and they they put out their release single, Leave the Door Open. What is your guys' thoughts on that video? All that came out, it's it's beautiful. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I, I'll kick it off. I mean, I thought it was very well composed. Um, you know, like how they flow and play off each other was really like really really awesome. Like the instruments, it was all top notch. The mixing and mastering, I expected that to be top top quality, but the video was like. To me, it was very good because it gave like that type of old school type of like live music vibe mixed with like that type of classic movie where they're just like, let's figure out a song. And then they all break out in song and dance and everybody automatically knows it. Like that's the type of vibe I got from it. But it was it was, it was really good all around. I think it's like the soundtrack to like a very, very great movie. Damn, you guys have you guys have very uh, musical, technical taste on this stuff, man. My thought is. I'm buying myself myself in a, a, a thousand thread count robe. I'm getting some rose petals, a bottle of wine, 
and and that's a wrap for me boys i think i think that's that was an inspiring song honestly every every line in it i'm like oh i'm putting that in the playbook i'm jotting that one down that's a that's a new instagram caption man the overall like you said muff it reminded you of something i'm not we're not in the 70s but it, it seemed like something that would have been the video and all that it just felt like a, a nostalgic feel it felt like it was supposed to be made for or, or music that maybe your parents or or our generation could be like this is a bop like this is this is some smooth music that you could throw on really anywhere yeah for sure it is definitely that 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 old school type of vibe especially with that video you know makes me remind like i'm in woodstock but no like for real i, I think the song is just is absolutely incredible man so, so now that we got that out the way we got to get muff's favorite rapper i think kyle likes him i like him of course too everyone pretty much likes something from him ep volume two right scary hours two ep little little three pack that came out what's your guys' thoughts on that I guess I'm gonna, i'll start with what's next um i like this one video is a cool concept too i thought that he went in i like how he flowed on this uh this is something i'd probably listen to in the gym walking to the gym in front of the gym cardio whatever it might be i don't i don't know if this one or lemon pepper freestyle is my favorite but i also i also didn't expect anything different than the drake and rose collab like Every time they get together, Aston Martin music, like parrot, like like literally every single song, Lord knows, like every song they come on to is absolutely incredible. And then Wants and Needs, I didn't really like the hook on this, but overall, I think I can listen to it again. Lil Baby's verse was, it was hard, but it was like, he's, he's starting to have the same flow as well. Even though like he has a lot of bars for me, he's starting to have the same flow, but I think overall it's still fire. Um, ranking them, I would say it's like 1A and 1B is What's next? Lemon Pepper Freestyle, then Wants and Needs is like, I'll listen to it if it's on. Was this supposed to be the, uh, right before the album? Is this going to be on the album? Or is this the three-pack before the album? Yeah, I think it's just three Lucy's. That's why I said, like, I thought it I thought it was pretty good for what it was because I don't think, yeah, I don't think this is anything on the album. No. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought it was good. I was curious when it dropped. I was curious how it was going to fit this into, because I thought it was the album, part of the album at first. I was wondering how he was going to fit it in, you know, like how this was all going to kind of, because I felt like, you know, he's at point in his career where I feel like he's, you know, looking to make these legacy albums. I mean, he's kind of been focused on that for a while now. We can go back and get, throw it back to us driving up to Pittsburgh, G, listening to uh, what views that would drop, you know, back then. But he's still yeah. doing his thing. He's still throwing out bangers. I like uh, What's Next. That was one of my favorites there. I feel like I almost slow it down even. I mean, it sounds silly, but slow it down even a little bit and rewind it a few more times when it's Drake because I just know he's throwing out so many celebrity uh you know little celebrity subliminals and I think it's exciting just uh you know keeps everyone in, uh, engaged in pop culture yeah he uh Lemon Pepper I thought was the best even though I'm not the biggest Ross guy I mean obviously like you said Muff their collaborations have always been really good the beats are always good with Rick Ross I always give him that but uh I thought I thought Lemon Pepper, man. I, I really liked how Drake was flowing to that. And like Kyle said, as far as the references, he he let off a few sports references there, and I always enjoy that. He had a Patty Mahomes one. He said, "I love my city," like Demar Derozan. He always gets off a Derozan bar here and there. So I really liked how I, I thought that was one of his best verses, honestly, in a while. Yeah, and I know you like that because you. I mean, just like Kyle said, you're you're a big Wale fan. He's the king of the references with the sneaker culture and sports culture. So I think that's probably why you related to that too. Probably. Speaking of lemon pepper, I could go with some lemon pepper. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait, wait, Muff. Let me ask you something. Before you get in your lemon pepper wings, I don't even want to get you on the food, but you said little baby. I See, I'm not the biggest little baby guy, but I actually thought like I thought he had a oh, great definitely. year this past year. And uh, 
Now, not on the basketball court, obviously. God. We saw that, that BR run, the two-on-two game. He needs a he needs a stick on the mic, not, not sure. on the basketball court. But he is not faux PF shooting like that. Nope. A little Twitter reference there. I think Ebert. I think Nick Ebert honestly might might be able to take him one on one. Probably. Huh. Probably. He is not faux PF shooting like that. Give me give me your guys' grades then on on the three pack. Scary hours two EP. Little Lucy's something right now to keep us keep us holding over a little appetizer. I like to say until this album drops maybe later this year. B plus plus. That's what I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna. I'll. I'll. I'll scooch in with the safe A minus. Um. I will. I will follow it up with saying that. You know. I just a Drake pack drops. It's my natural reaction just to play it over and over a few times to get it in my system. And I think that's part of the formula. Like I might not even like it the first time around as much. By the time you get the four and five, you got the head bopping going. And next thing you know, it, it becomes an A minus when you know maybe it shouldn't be. But we'll put it up. You, you give Drake some more bail, even though we expect so much out of him. Like you said, you listen once, you're like, eh, I might. Like the first two, what's next? I felt that way. And then I listened to it again, and I'm like, okay, I kind of like this beat. This beat's hitting even more now. Or, yeah, or, you know, references. Exactly. And also, and I think the thing about Drake is, like, a lot of his music is seasonal. You might be listening to something now, and you don't like it, and then you listen to it in the summer or the winter, or you go through, like, a different situation. It's like, wait, I've been skipping over this? Like, I think that's also how it is, too. I know I'm not the only one that's saying this, guys, but I'm just telling you, like, I, I really think everyone's gearing up. All the heavy hitters are gearing up this year. And I think it's I think we're going to get a lot of really good music coming out at the end of spring, going into summer, maybe even fall, ever, just a whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, there, was there any food stuff? You and Kyle were talking about some brisket. Was there anything food stuff that you guys wanted to, to touch upon on this, on this episode? Yeah, Kyle was telling us he's about to let us know all the best top three barbecue places down there because i mean that's what he it was that's why we started so late he was talking about 30 minutes about briskets and ribs or something what's what's the what's the three best places down there man or what's the best thing you had Kyle? all right man well i'm just gonna put it out there so i don't get torn apart by any uh texas listeners here so far i've been down here just about five days six days i've had terry black's bbq i've had la barbecue and i think those are consistently ranked in the top two or three the one that I haven't had is Franklin's, man. You show up to Franklin's. If you even show up there before it opens, there's a row of about 30 chairs lined up out there wow. to get it before they even open, man. They're in high demand, I, so I just haven't I like had I saw my... that on, um, on like either either Manverse Food or Diners, Drivings, and Divers or something. I don't know, man, but it's I mean it's a super famous spot, man. So mm. I'll just I'll just give I'll, I'll just give it to you like this. I I'm gonna give it to the barbecue. The barbecue had a great brisket sandwich within one hour of landing in Austin rolled right in and got it, it made me feel at home I love I love the love the barbecue well Kyle two more things for you on here first of all number one you know we talk hoops we talked hoops before you came on here we talked some college basketball because we're right in the thick of things we got a nice guest coming on later this week also talking some gambling for all you degenerates out there and uh terrible bracket busters like me and Muff now, Terrible. can you tell us the story about how you snuck into the Final Four? Because if WVU goes this year, you might have to teach me some tips so I can try to go into Indianapolis. You try and get him indicted. Yes, this years. This pass, man. This pass. Was that Indianapolis, too? Was that Indianapolis? It was Indianapolis. Oh. It was Indianapolis, man. We're in there, Mark. We're in there. <laughs> like riding a bike, then. Let's book a flight. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe you remembered that. Damn. Um, yeah, I got into the 
what is that final four is that what that was that that's what, what that's what i'm and it's there this Bro, year G, you know this is what the funniest part is man i snuck in to indianapolis right final four not even a basketball fan and then i i jump on here and talk nba top shop i'm more interested in the uh best mask <laughs> man I, bro i was looking at cards i'm like man he's zach harlow <laughs> this guy that said i was gonna fix his jumper that's anyway, right uh snuck into the indie game right uh you know you just gotta we'll do the walk garrett we're trained in, in looking at these security guys right we we know from being at mountaineer games from you know the young teens going to these WVU football games, I mean, we've been we've been in there for a while. Let's be honest. Back in the inflatables day, come yeah. on, you you if you're eight nine years old, you get a little bacon in your system from the breakfast grill. You walk over to the inflatables and you know you just get a little tired out, and you watch all these security guards roll, rolling around these security jackets. You know that they can't afford to pay this many secure like legit security guys. And what you find out, oh. This guy's actually from the college down the street, just paying his tuition by doing this. And so I knew that going in. I knew if we got caught going into this indie game or up in the final four game up in India, you know, there's no real, real consequence. Yeah, let's be honest. So you see the hundred security guards lined up around the main entrance. You roll around back where you got the little, you know, you got the uh, narcotics, the little, the smokers, the <laughs> chain smokers out here. And these guys are, are, are people who pay big money to be in these press boxes, right? And, and let's be honest, they don't deserve to be at that game. They don't care either. So they're out back smoking cigarettes and they, you know, they just leave the press box back door open and you just roll right in, you know? I'm getting towards the top. I'm realizing they're going to be checking tickets in the mega suites. And, you know, I see a security woman. I'm like, hey, like, I got lost going to the bathroom. I was like, you help me, help, help me back to my seat. She's like, yeah, what section? I was like, I don't know. I was behind a hoop. And she takes us down near the floor, man. And that's a wrap. I got in there. I checked it out. <laughs> I didn't even know who was playing, and I got my ass out of there. I I just remember KG, mother KG sends me a photo like, I'm like this mother, he's in the final four right now. Like, and again, I can't remember who's playing, but it was just the the fact that you were in there, and I'm like, obviously you didn't pay for take. Like, I knew you didn't care about it, but I'm just like, this is wild. You're like, bro, just walked in. I'm like, this guy, man, this guy. So all I'm saying is, mother, we need W to go to the final four. We have the blueprint. We're gonna we're gonna get right in, Lucas. We we know what to do. We're gonna we're gonna find. We're gonna map it out. KG is gonna be on the walkie-talkie, and we're gonna—I don't know that. Maybe we have to shave. Maybe we have to look a little younger because I don't know if she's gonna buy the. We, we lost the bathroom. What we could do is just get like a cart full of like food and be like, "Yeah, we're here to deliver this to the kitchen," and then just lead a lead a cart inside and then just go run into the seats, you know? Or bring a ladder. Be like, "Oh yeah, we're here. We're here to fix the the maintenance thing in the side gym. Uh, is it this way?" They'll be like, "Yeah, go that way." Just dump the ladder off and then go sit down. Let me, let me yeah, pitch, a, pitch a tent, one sidewalk over, you'll blend in, man, and then just try to roll in. No, out. no, no. Let me ask you this, then. If if West Virginia gets to the Final Four, right, are you going to come with us to the to Indianapolis to, to rekindle some old memories? We don't have to sneak in. Maybe, you know, we don't have to, but it, it, it might be a possibility. Is it finals right now, or are they playing no, basketball? No, no, no. See, this is what I'm saying. We bring this guy on to talk basketball. <laughs> Well, <laughs> oh, here's the guys I was throwing shades at right here, talking about getting their hands and everything, making a dollar. I'm just playing. But, um, no, it is. It depending on when you listen to this, this is you know a, we're about a week away, Kyle, from Selection Sunday. Uh, less than a week, less than a week away, a couple days. So after that, when would the final four be? When would the uh, April begin in April next month? Hmm. Yeah, I can do that. If we, like, what, West Virginia, if West Virginia gets in, yeah, it's an if. I mean, yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. They haven't been there since 2009, 2008. Maybe. Can you guys give me the Can you guys give me the odds on them get them getting in? 
I can't give you the odds of that. They're, I could tell you they're ranked number 10 right now. So they're, they're probably going to be a three seed. I mean, I'm, I'm biased. So I think they're going to get there, but they could also lose first round and get upset, you know? So I think. Well, no, I want to hear your guys' prediction on if they get in. Did you already do that? No, no, no. We can do that. We can do that for you. Um, I, I think, think if we stay out of Gonzaga or Baylor's bracket, I think we're going to the Final Four. I agree with Muff. And that's, that's my biggest non Homer pick, but I really do believe that. I think there's a couple other teams that are really good but i think if we get to the lead eight i don't see us not i think the problem is kyle we just played a game at the end of the season that was supposed to be bob huggins 900 win at home last game of the year everything was looking great and dandy and we lose it and and everyone's saying you know the struggle it was it was the defense was bad but it, but it's also i think that we play up when our competition is up and we play down like for the for example in, going into this oklahoma state game they had two of their starters out the player of the year freshman of the year and projected number one draft pick he was out and then his his other backcourt was out so they were playing down and then it just so happened that their guard that was in there he was like their third string uh guard had the career high of his whole night he had like 30 so it's like it's just a it's just a point where i feel like we can play up and it, when, when it comes to that tournament time i don't think we're gonna hold anything back so that's so muff i think that's what i'm saying is that if we can get past the first two rounds of like games we should win I think we'll bring it. I don't think they're not going to be motivated. Every team should be motivated in the, in the, the March Madness because you lose, you go home. But I'm just saying, I think if we, you know, miss those potential upsets, I think we get in the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, and we don't face Gonzaga and Baylor like you said. We've had some tough draws throughout the years on that, playing the team that usually wins it all. So if we can get the three seed and not have to play them till Elite Eight, uh, Final Four, I mean, I think I think I like our chances of getting to the Final Four, Elite Eight, Final Four. So. It'd be cool, Kyle. They're doing it where everything's in Indianapolis here, this year, actually, but it's different places in Indianapolis, not just Indiana, because they want it all kind of closer to it. So all the first round, second round games on is actually all in Indiana. Indiana. But I mean, like me and Muff, we're, we're just excited that Hoops is back, even you know, because after last year, you know, just ended abruptly, and now, you know, so I, it, it's good that they're playing. It's a good thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you're in. You're in. That's what we needed to hear. Perfect. <laughs> now, 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 lastly, Muff. We always do this. We'll say, where can we find you and all that. But, like, like we know you, of course. But on, on a serious note, man, you're doing some really good things right now, some huge things. Amazing things. For, uh, Forbes? 40-40? What was it? What was the exact thing on the 30 under 30, 30 was it? 30 30. I was thinking Jay-Z, 40 for 40 club, huh? Yeah. That's big, Kyle. Ain't no, ain't no little Kyle. That's big, Kyle. But touch on that a little bit, Kyle. Yeah, so I'd say about uh, a year and a half, two years ago almost, me and uh, – friend from school who I graduated with at WVU uh just you know we're getting our hands dirty you know working on some tack on the side just trying to start up a little small company and uh over time got the ball rolling got a, got a little hype train behind us and uh what I kind of say now is um you know it's a lot it's a you know the startup world is a balance of uh sizzle and steak right the idea of like there's real substance and there's some hype train and this is what you're talking about a little bit of hype train so um I mean it's good that we got it you know we're proud of it but at the end of the day, man, we're just, you know, continuing to move forward. We're uh, just for frame one listen, it's uh we're building a uh, SaaS enterprise platform for um, to track the world's emissions. So, you know, across all supply chains, there are emissions involved, right? Whether it's uh, food, energy, um, no matter what it is. And uh, we're creating software for large companies to be able to uh, understand, you know, what they're emitting and how it's tied to products. And that's great. I think especially with, you know, like everything kind of shifting over to EV and and I was trying to have more clean energy and correct me if I'm wrong if, that's, if it's not related to that, but I think that's really great, man. And a, and a lot of companies 
just like it's a niche. It's a niche, and you all tapping into it. And you know, I know we're both. I speak on behalf of brothers. We're proud of you, man. Like, keep going. Now you know. Now that you got the recognition, that the, the real work starts, of course. Yeah, hell yeah, man. I mean, I appreciate it, guys. Not over yet. You know how it is. But um, regardless, we're in a cool industry, just having a lot of fun, to be honest. So, hell, I mean, I wouldn't redo tell, it. Tell tell them though if they do want to check out more of it, like what what the website is and everything. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, outdated as usual, always on, always changing. But the current website is iconicair.io. And I know everyone pauses and they go, dot .io? Yeah, .io as in dot Indian Ocean. But uh, .com is not available and I'm not buying it. So that's just what it is. <laughs> well, I mean, I know your ass isn't on Twitter. So that's why I usually would say, yeah, bro, on your nah, Twitter, Instagram, all that. At least I there. I don't need any of that, man. At least there. <laughs> Honestly, if you're if you have any bit of a life at all, you won't even go to the site, bro. I mean, this is for <laughs> this is for enterprise companies. I wouldn't go to the site, you know. No. I mean, honestly, I don't. I just like being on these things, man. It's a, a good time, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know how it is, man. I don't. I don't really care about the social stuff. No, I know that, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying that's where people's gonna maybe hear this from. But people, people that may be a West Virginia alum that wants to check out what you're doing. I mean, that being in the fours, man. I mean, that's that was insanely awesome to see i mean especially people sending me that like yeah you talk to Kyle, you know and like i remember you you telling me some stuff was coming up some good things were coming up so i mean that was really cool to see and uh and just like like i said they might want to see what you're doing some other west virginia alum that are listening to this or or just people around our age and just see what you got going on so we always like to plug our guests even like i said we we of course know what you got going on but we want we want them to to be able to do that and we'll definitely have to get you on again, man, because you know you're always welcome. We have a, we gotta have a, we almost gotta have a cousin Kyle segment every few podcasts, you know. We got to. <laughs> that that can be the ones that we sell the NFTs on, just those ones. So you can so get you a can little. Go. I think we should have some sort of NFT or Top Shot competition, man. I think we should do something where it's like not most money, but like best. Uh, I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to throw off your guys. Stuff. How about this? Like How about this? Best return or something, you know? So if it Muff invests in one pack. $14 pack and he pulls out a $100 card, he could be winning because I might have spent 200 bucks or you could spend 200 bucks and got nothing at all. You know what I mean? No, you know what I'm going to do actually, Muff? We are doing a bracket challenge. I don't know. Muff's going to set all this up. Muff, Muff's good at all this. Um, I don't know if we're going to do like five or 10, but it's going to be a small one and then we're going to do a free one. For one of the free ones, I will gift, I will get, I will send my one of my Top Shot cards to them for a, uh, for a, a prize in the free entry. We'll do that. This has been Day One Lifestyle and Friends, the podcast featuring Cousin Kyle. Episode 76, man. Thank you all for tuning in. Hell yeah.